This is the Fat Boys Fantasy Podcast Show, hosted by Bo Finley and Brant Walker. Welcome back to another episode of the Fat Boys Fantasy Podcast. Here, as always, Bo and Brant coming at you. Uh, sorry for the missed week last week. Some things arose. But nonetheless, we're going to pack even more information into this week. We're going to get everybody caught back up with everything we were going to do, minus the, the, the startup redraft. We'll get back to that later. Um, we've decided to do something a little different. We're going to go through some trade targets and some deep draft sleepers that you may be able to start working on, either uh, doing some research uh, for uh, you know your, your redraft leagues coming up, or if you're in a dynasty league, you're looking to make some moves, shake some things up to possibly uh, – improve your roster going into next season. We're going to hit you with that. Then we're going to finish out with some spicy, uh, spicy takes for this coming season. Um, some, some very hot, bold wings, some hot Buffalo chicken dip, if you will, flavoring uh, for some spicy, bold takes at the end of the episode. Um, so let's go ahead and get into it. I will, first of all, let's back up just a split second. Um, speaking of trade targets, there is Julio Jones is going to be traded either today, uh, maybe even while we're recording this, or tomorrow on the 2nd of June. Um, look, I look for Ertz to get moved here. Absolutely. Um, <clears throat> so with that being said, those are some big names that could be moving and, and shake some things up in some fantasy. Um, I know there's some talks. There's there's about 15 different teams that are calling and talking to the Falcons about Julio right now. Um, I think Ertz is a little quieter because, again, when you got a guy like Julio out there, it's, it's hard well, for anybody to get Ertz the is also Ertz has also been on the block the entire offseason. So – those have really quieted down because I think Philly was asking way too much at first. Well, June 1st has passed. Now if they cut him, it's no longer a cap hit. They save money now. So he's cuttable now, so it's going to be easier for teams to come after him now. And, and as far as Julio goes, I, I think uh, the, the latest report I read out of the out of the Falcons camp there is that uh, they're kind of driving some teams away because they're asking an a, a st- a, a astoundingly large number uh, for Julio, um, let's be honest. The DeAndre Hopkins trade, uh, what a year and a half ago now, um, kind of really shows the value on wide receivers. Um, and D Hop is, I believe, four years Julio's uh, younger. So, um, you know, I don't, I don't expect a big haul for the Falcons. I know one offer I saw was that the Patriots were offering, you know, Sony Michelle in a second round pick. Um, there was the the rumor floating around that somebody had offered a first round pick, but I believe they're asking the Falcons to take some of Julio's contract back on, which the Falcons are just not in a place to do right now. Um, you know, there's there's dozens of different teams in, involved, in, including anyway. Seattle, which I'm not sure what the heck you guys are going to get from us because we don't have a first. I'm not sure it makes any sense for Seattle to pursue anyway. You've already got two pretty decent wide receivers, and you just drafted a rookie. Um, unless you're willing to bury that rookie and and not let him see the field for the next couple of years. Um, Julio's camp um, themselves have come out and said that it, wherever he goes, he's going to want a contract extension walking in the door. So you're all just talking about more money and more time on his contract when he gets someplace. Um, there are a few teams that could do that with him, but it's going to be interesting to see how that shakes out. Um, so we'll have, definitely have to keep you guys uh, interested or uh, keep you guys up to date on that as, as we hear things um, and, and whatnot as well. Um, so let's go ahead and get into these trade targets and these deep sleepers. Um, Walker, if you want to kick kick it off first, go ahead. Well, let's kick it off with the running backs here. I have uh, Arizona's James Conner as a uh, low trade target or a deep or a deep sleeper for drafts. Yeah, he's going into a new uh, new system there in Arizona, but I mean he's going to roll in and instantly pretty much take over the Drake load. Uh, Drake leaves 239 carries open along with 31 targets, just the, the, the vacated 
for uh, for James Carter to take over. Also, Connor should see most of the goal line work too. He's obviously a bigger back than um, uh, Chase Edmonds there, so um, I, I I could see him taking over the goal line uh, in 13 games last year with Pittsburgh behind that atrocious line that was blown up with injuries and everything else. Connor handled handled uh, 169 carries and had 43 targets. He finished as the RB 27. I see him finishing up a little bit higher, um, still in your RB3 range, so a nice guy to add later in your draft as a bi-week fill-in or a flex start against good plays. I mean, he also plays in a good division that um, not there's not a whole lot of run-stopping defense. I mean, yeah, you got the Rams there, but, I mean, the Niners uh, slowed down on the run-stopping and um, the Seahawks don't stop anybody anywhere. So, I mean, James Conner's a, a sneaky guy to pick up later in your draft or even trade target in your dynasties, the third, second or third round draft pick should do it if you need to add some depth. Yeah. Um, so my, my running back sleeper um, is a guy who actually finished in the top five in PPR formats last year. He's number six in standard. Um, so when you talk about him in a sleeper or a possible trade target, you almost kind of want to slap yourself. Um, but it's David Montgomery from the Chicago Bears. Uh, listen, David Montgomery has slept on uh, immensely. Every year. Yeah, he's, he's slept on last year. He had 247 rushing attempts, 1,070 yards, 4.3 yards of carry, eight touchdowns, 68 targets, 54 receptions, 438 yards for two more touchdowns through the air. Um, and he and that was all good enough for him to be a top uh, top five PPR back. Uh, and he's going to be a guy that's going to be drafted in late third, early fourth round in a redraft, which for a guy that has the possibility in the upside to be a top five back who's already done it once is, is insane. Um, that he's not a, a round one draft pick, but he's just not going to be. Um, as far as a dynasty trade target goes, um, he's only 23 years of age, uh, and he's coming into a situation where the quarterback play should be getting better. The offensive line got better towards the end of last year. They made a couple moves on it this offseason as well. Um, Tevin Jenkins there in the second round, a guy I, th- I think the Bears absolutely stole in the second round. Absolutely. Um, and, and you know, the, the offensive line is just going to get better. And realistically, there should be more lanes opened up for him once Justin Fields takes over that backfield. Absolutely. And and Montgomery slept on because of that Cohen back there. Well, last year he finished, what did you say, top top five, top six? Six in standard, fourth in PPR. Yeah. So, I mean, he finished up there. And, I mean, if I'm not mistaken, the year before that, even with Cohen, he still had – He was a top 22 back. Well, he, he still had there. over, what, 200 carries, though, didn't he? Uh, I, I mean, I, he, was, he was definitely up there in carries. The guy he slept on because of the Cohen's back there and, and the offense is always runs through. He had five more rushing attempts this year than he did in his rookie yeah. year. And that was with Cohen healthy all year. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, Montgomery's a guy that is every year, every year he's been slept on. But, I mean, he's a guy that always comes out. He's a great fill-in back. And you say third or fourth round. Well, guess what? If you're going running back heavy in, in your uh, in your redrafts, you may see him slide to the fifth, sixth, seventh round. And you're looking at a guy that's – has a possibility to be an RB1, mm-hmm. stealing him in the sixth, seventh round. All day I would take him there. Yeah, and it's it's just insane to me. Again, uh, if you're one of those people in your drafts that likes to go wide receiver early or you try to snake that top three tight end early or you're looking quarterback early, David Montgomery could be a great target for you in the fourth, third, fourth, fifth round and be a guy that could help win some leagues. Because, again, if he finishes top five again next year, you're doing really well. Um, especially when you consider him a, a third or fourth, fifth round draft pick. Absolutely. So another guy I have as, as a sleeper, he always slides, um, Chris Carson in Seattle. He re-signed, he re-upped in Seattle, um, took less money to stay there with the team. Um, he's Seattle's number one back, obviously. They didn't pick up Penny's uh, fifth-year option. So that shows me that I think that Seattle's going to lean on Carson. 
with the departure of Hyde, that also opens up 81 more carries. Yeah, Penny will come back healthy. Uh, so he'll get he'll get probably the majority of that 81, but still it's going to go up. Carson played in uh, 12 games last year. He had 141 carries, 37 receptions. He showed he showed last year that he's involved in the passing game now. Um, the with what Seattle wants to say, you know, we want to run, run, run. Well, Carson finished as your RB 19 last year, um, and that was only in 12 games. So he still finished as an RB two. So if they, if they want to run, 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 guess what? Carson's going to be the guy they lean on. Um, let's see. So last year he finished 19th in PPR. The year before that he finished 12th. And the year before that he finished 16th. So he's always inside the 20. You're going to see him in the 5th, 6th, 7th round is where he's going to end up going. So Carson's another guy that later in the draft you can steal. Yeah, and, and let's be honest. You talk about David Montgomery. You talk about Chris Carson. In a dynasty league, these are guys, maybe not so much Montgomery because he is younger than Carson still, but especially Carson. You're talking about a guy you can probably get for a, a – a wide receiver three, maybe a wide receiver four and a kick in draft pick, like a third or a fourth round rookie pick. And you package that stuff together and you could probably pry, pry Chris Carson away from whoever's got him. Um, and if you're willing to take a gamble on that, that's a great gamble because, you know, most there's, there's, there's multiple wide receiver threes. There's multiple wide receiver fours. There's not a lot of guys that you can take a gamble on for a wide receiver three or four and get a guy with with running back two, maybe running back one upside. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, my my next guy is actually at the quarterback position, and I want to I want to talk about this guy for just a split second. Uh, Kirk Cousins is my sleeper. Okay, Kirk Cousins is a is a a, a deep draft sleeper that you're going to get towards the tail end of your draft. If you're one of those guys that wants to wait on a quarterback, wait on a quarterback. You know, draft your other positions, fill your bench up a little bit, and then attack your quarterback late. Kirk Cousins is a, is a is a guy that t- to me screams a late pick, but let's talk about what he did last year alone. Now, granted, he had Justin Jefferson, he had Adam Thielen. Kirk Cousins started all 16 games last year. He finished as the ele- number 11 quarterback, so just outside the top 10. 349 completions, 4,265 yards, 35 touchdowns, 13 interceptions. He also added one touchdown on the ground with 156 rushing yards. Listen, if you fill your roster full of cream of the crop talent and you wait on that quarterback, this is a guy that you can get. And if he puts up numbers like that and your roster is well-rounded, you're going to make playoffs. You're going to do well. Kirk Cousins, I know there's been that, eh, it's Kirk Cousins. It's Kirk Cousins. Listen, Kirk Cousins in his career has finished outside of the top 20 quarterbacks. Um, He's not done it since 2014 when he was the backup to Robert Griffin in Washington. So in 2015 through 2020, where he was the starter, where he started all 16 games every year except for 2019, where he only started one, he was a top 20 quarterback every year, with three of those years being top five or top 10 quarterbacks. He had a, In 2015, he was the number 10. In 2016, he was the number five. In 2017, he was the number six. And then in his time in Minnesota, he's been the 13, the 19, and 11 last year. So he's trending back towards being in that top 10 possible. And this is a guy who's got the weapons to do it. Absolutely. Um, and I think you can get him for very late. And as a as a in a dynasty, he's 32 years of age. You can you can get Kirk Cousins for probably pennies on the dollar in a dynasty. And, and Car- or Cousins is never the sexiest pick in a draft or a trade for. 
but he's got to get it done. He doesn't have the running ability. Yeah, he had 150 yards, but guess what? He gets it done in the air, and he's, he's like like you said, he's over, always in the top 10 or top 15 of quarterbacks. So that's a guy you definitely can sit back and just wait on. Even if it's your backup, that's one heck of a backup I wouldn't yeah, have, mind yeah. having. Um, so my other guy, I'm, I'm going to run back to the running back position one more time. I got Miles Gaskin there in Miami. They did nothing to add really to their backfield. They drafted uh, Dokes late in the draft. But other than that, they didn't add anything else. They opened that offense up by adding Fuller and Waddle. So that should open that box up a little bit more for Gaskin, too. And, I mean, in 10 games, he finishes the RB28. Um, he had uh, 120, 142 carries and 41 receptions. I mean, yeah, Ahmed's still there. But I just I just see this as Gaskin's breakout year to actually – he, he's either going to take over that lead in Miami and they're going to say, wait, we don't need a running back or he's going to have to fall off the cliff and and they're going to have to take one next year. But I think Gaskin's a guy this year that that has nothing but breakout potential and could finish in your top 15. You could be stealing this guy in the double digit rounds because nobody really thinks of that backfield because there are there there's Ahmed's there, Brown's there, Gaskin's there, and Dokes is there, but I mean Almond really didn't threaten him when when they both were healthy. Yeah, he got a few touches, but he didn't really threaten that workload. I, I just think Miles Gaskin has what it takes. He's been in that system for two years now. Yeah, I think if anybody's going to be a threat to Miles Gaskin this year, it's going to be Malcolm Brown. If if there's such thing as a threat to Miles Gaskin, it's going to be Malcolm Brown. Now, listen, they went out and signed Malcolm Brown. He's going to have some role. I would imagine that Salved Ahmed is going to be the one that's pushed out of the picture a little bit. Um, they did spend a six-round draft pick on Jared Dokes out of Cincinnati. Um, but it's, I would assume going into camp, it's going to be miles Gaskins first and second down with Malcolm Brown coming in on third down change of pace rules. And it's going to be Gaskins backfield to lose. He comes out and, and starts on a good foot. He's probably going to keep it, you know, but as soon as he stumbles with that backfield, there is enough names there and Gaskin himself is not a high profile enough name to where he's going to ward everybody off just based on his namesake either. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, what you got another one here? Yeah, I've actually got two more, but I've, I I kind of went a little differently than you did. I think I went one player from each position. I got I got about three more here to go to. So okay, uh, my I, I got a my wide receiver here is one that I'm going to talk about a lot this year. It's Cortland Sutton. Um, and listen, Cortland Sutton uh, was was injured last year. Obviously, tore his ACL and uh, missed a lot of time. But he's the number one wide out there in Denver, and there's a slight possibility that. Aaron Rodgers comes to town. Obviously, it's getting further and further from being the case. But he's 25 years old, and his, his, his rookie year, he really didn't do much in 2018. But 2019, he was a top 20 wide receiver. All right. In 2019, he had 100, uh, or he had 72, uh, 124 targets, massive target load, 72 receptions for 1,112 yards, 8.9 yards per. Uh, Target 15.4 yards per catch, six touchdowns. He also ran the ball for uh, three times for 17 yards. And listen, Denver can say what they want. They can say it's Drew Locke. They can say it's Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy Bridgewater just substantiated three top 40 wide receivers last top year. 30, top 30. Saying. It could be top 30. And DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, and Curtis Samuel. So if it's DJ or if it's Teddy Bridgewater, I'm not worried at all. If it's Drew Locke, Drew Locke and, and, um, Cortland Sutton already have that that chemistry established. Um, they they already have that work. In 2018, they were there together. Um, so really, I, I think Cortland Sutton bounce right bounces right back, which in a way will benefit Jerry Judy as well. If Jerry Judy's your number two wide receiver, getting the number two coverage, that's going to benefit him immensely too. But he's got to get those drops figured out. 
which if he doesn't figure those drops out, that's just going to add more targets to Cortland Sutton, whether it's Bridgewater, whether it's Drew Locke, they'll be four-speeding the ball uh, to Cortland Sutton due to the fact that he catches the ball and there's not as many drops there. Um, Absolutely. But, uh, yeah, I, I've, I've got Cortland Sutton as a guy. I, I think Cortland Sutton is, is the number one wide out there in Denver. Uh, possible wide receiver one, probably more likely a wide receiver two, and he's a guy that's going to go in the seventh, eighth round of a draft. Absolutely. Well, I, I'm going to go hit the wide receivers right there too. Um, this guy um, really had his breakout last year. was one of his best years. Um, Robbie Anderson for the Carolina Panthers. He's reunited with Sam Darnold, so he already has some chemistry with Darnold coming in. Um, let's see. So Robbie Anderson um, – where, where am I? Oh, McCaffrey comes back. That's where I'm talking. McCaffrey comes back in that offense to really open it back up too. So Robbie should see, you know, less coverages because he 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 decided to go over the middle a little more last year. He had 136 total targets. Um, yeah, I know it's a new quarterback. This is also another reason that Robbie Anderson really intrigues me. In his he in 2016, 16 games. Seven, 2017, 16 games. 2018, he missed two games. Those are the only two games he's missing his entire career. Oh, no, he's played 16 game seasons. He finished as a wide receiver 19 in PPR leagues last year. Um, so I just think he, I think he's poised to be that number two wide out there in uh, in the uh, Carolina offense. Okay. So uh, my my other wide receiver before before we jump anywhere else is uh, Darrell Darnell Mooney there in in um, Chicago. Um, I think he's poised for his breakout. He's the number two wide out. I think they've been talking about shopping Anthony Miller. Um, they added. Um, who do they draft? Daz Newsom. Daz Newsom. Newsom. But I just think Anthony or Darnell Mooney has solidified himself as the number two. He receives an upgrade with a quarterback, even if it's Dalton or Fields. I think it's, I think it's more Fields would be the upgrade. I think Dalton's just kind of a lateral from what he had last year. Um, with Robinson receiving the double coverage, Darnell Mooney, Mooney's in a great position to break out this year. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, my my last guy I've got written down here is a, is a tight end, obviously, uh, and I went with Blake Jarwin. Uh, many many people expected break, uh, Blake Jarwin to break out big time last year. Uh, he obviously didn't. He got injured. Uh, Dalton Schultz ended up getting some work, and the big thing was that Dak Prescott missed time. Okay, so we get Blake Jarwin back healthy this year. Uh, I think a lot of people are going to be sleeping on him, maybe a little perturbed by him because they got burned last year. And I think, uh, you know, Blake Jarwin uh, with a healthy Dak and a full 17-game slate, I think you could see Blake Jarwin creep his way inside of the top 10 pretty easy this year. Uh, let's be honest, that, that Cowboys defense did nothing to get better really this offseason. They added a lot of, you know, washed-up Falcons players. They added the Falcons' former head coaches, D.C., which I think Dan Quinn's going to do a great job as their defensive coordinator. They added Micah Parsons, but that was pretty much the extent of what they did. Um, so I think they're still going to be playing from behind a lot. And, yes, I know they still have Zeke Elliott, but a lot of people are starting to fade him. I'm on that trade where I'm starting to fade Zeke a little bit. I think this this offense is going to move through Dak. You know, they just paid Dak all this money. They're going to let Dak go out and win them some games. Uh, and, you know, especially in dynasties, uh, Blake Jarwin's a guy that's under contract for a few more years. Michael Gallup is off contract after this year. So they have CeeDee Lamb and Amari Cooper, uh, which Amari Cooper becomes cuttable next year as well with where his contract sits. I think they can walk away with no money no dead cap hit at all after this season with Amari Cooper. So Blake Jarwin could be a guy that you invest in now uh, and, and look to hold for the future, even if he doesn't break out. But I do think Blake Jarwin has a year this year uh, where I think he finishes top 15 at worst. Absolutely. My last guy I have as a quarterback, um, I just talked about his wideout. I got Sam Donald. 
even in college, Darnold did have turnover problems. But if you remember, what was it, just two two years ago, we had Jameis Winston finish inside the top ten with 30 interceptions. Mm-hmm. Well, Sam Darnold, you may see this may be another year of, oh, man, he threw another interception. Oh, wait, there's a long bomb touchdown. Sam Darnold's a guy that can do that. He gets reunited with Robbie Anderson, who's a, who's a speed guy for him. And he gets a new fresh start there in Carolina. He gets McCaffrey back, which just does nothing but up everyone else's numbers too because, I mean, little dump-offs, we know McCaffrey's going to turn that into 5, 10 yards. So I just think Darnold's posed to be a late draft pick and a guy that could really break out and make it and, and make a break here. Yeah, I think the biggest thing to say about uh, Sam Darnold is, one, he gets away from Adam Gase, and he walks into an offensive coordinator in Joe Brady who seems to be setting the world on fire with ways – he was able to scheme wide receivers open and things of that nature last year without Christian McCaffrey. Uh, it'll be really interesting to see what Joe Brady does with, uh, you know, they did lose Curtis Samuel, but they have, um, they still have Robbie Anderson. They still have DJ Moore. And now they have Christian McCaffrey back and a quarterback upgrade, in my opinion, over Teddy Bridgewater and Sam Darnold. It'd be really interesting to see what Joe Brady's able to do and how he's able to maneuver that offense around those guys. So that'll be really awesome to see. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, are you? Are we ready to get into these spicy takes? Let's burn our mouths Let's a little see. bit. Yeah. Me and Walker, we're gonna, we're gonna, me and Brant, we're gonna keep our notes. Okay, we're gonna come back and revisit these later on throughout the season to see how far off or how close we were on some of these things. We're not one of those shows that we're gonna put something out there and never, never hold ourselves accountable. You know, we're, 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 we're guys, we've done hot shots on here. So Walker, here's what I'm going to propose to you for every one of these takes that we get that are just a hundred percent dead wrong. We add an ounce of hot sauce to a shot. And at the end of the season, we have to do these. I have five written down. Add an ounce of hot, hot sauce to a shot. Yes. So you have five, one, two, three, four, five, six. All right. So if we get them, if we get all six of them wrong, or if you get all six wrong, you have and I'll throw another one in there off the top of my head. I'll write it down so we can keep track. But we'll say if we get six wrong, that's six ounces of hot sauce. We have to do on air. Are you good with that? Yeah. Can I add it on top of a shot, like a liquor? I'm, I mean, <laughs> if you want to do like a, a sriracha-flavored UV shot or something like that, by all means, that I'm going to do just a hot sauce, hot sauce shot and get it over with. Uh, so I will kick this off. Uh, my first one is that Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen – will both be top 30 wideouts this season. Again, I'm starting off kind of slow here. This is not a huge spicy take because we've seen guys be top 30 on the same team before. They're both extremely talented, uh, but I believe – okay, let's also add that if one of these guys gets injured and we miss our projection because Absolutely. of that, we don't do that one. But if both these guys stay healthy and Kirk Cousins is able to stay on the field for 17 games this year like he's he's done for 16-game seasons, I think there's no reason both these guys shouldn't finish inside the top 30 wideouts. All right, I'm going to piggyback off of it. Joe Burrow will support three top 30 wideouts this year. Joe Burrow will that's, – that's spicy. Right. That's You're coming out guns blazing. Yeah, I think Joe Burrow supports three top 30s. You got, you got Chase – Higgins and Boyd. I think he. I think he's able to do it. I think that that offense is built and ready to ready to rock and roll. Um, the only thing that scares me on this is how many touches. I originally said two top twenty, but I wanted to get a little more spicier, and I I thought two top twenty would just you know yeah yeah that's probably possible with mix in there. Three top thirties. Okay. I'm gonna go with it. All right. Uh, my next one's gonna be slightly more spicy. Um, Jonathan Taylor, I think, will finish outside the top 10 running backs this year. A lot of people are really high on Jonathan Taylor, myself included. Um, but there is still a very crowded backfield in, in Indy. 
they also have Carson Wentz now, so you're not going to have the dump-off king and Phillip Rivers in town. I think Jonathan Taylor finishes outside the top 10, and I wouldn't be shocked to see him finish outside the top 15. I'm just not bullish enough to go that far just yet. All right, I'm going to piggyback off that one here too. Cam Akers will finish as RB5 or above. Cam Akers will finish as a top five running back this season. Okay, so we got Jonathan Taylor falling out, Cam yep. Akers stepping in. Okay. Yep. Um, my next one's probably the most spicy take I'm going to have on here. Um, Alvin Kamara will be RB1 again by the end of the season. He finished there last year. It was darn close. Derrick Henry almost took it back from him. There's some, been some reports where Sean Payton's talking about leaning really hard on his running backs early. So if Kamara comes out, out the gates really hot. I could see him finishing right there again. It might take a six down, six touchdown performance again to get him there. But if anybody's capable of it, I believe Alvin Kamara to be that guy. All right, here's one of mine. Kyler Murray will finish, will be the QB one in fantasy at the end of the year. He's got the weapons to do so. I wouldn't be shocked. That's very possible. I can get on board with that. All right, here we're getting into the two where I've got that I think you might reach across the table and slap me. So I might scoot across, away from you here a little bit. Number one, Cam Newton is a top 15 fantasy quarterback what this year. Heck? Cam Newton, listen. Had to add an ounce. Listen, He's Cam, not even going to start all 17 listen, games. Listen, I believe, <laughs> I truly believe Cam Newton will be the starter for 17 games this year, and Mac Jones will come in. I don't see Bill Belichick rushing Mac Jones in. I think he's going to let him work his way through it. And if Cam Newton stays in place, last year he had no weapons, none. He's got uh, Hunter Henry. He's got Jonu Smith. He's got Nelson Aguilar. There's a chance he ends up with Julio Jones. He's got all these names. He got James White back. Uh, you know, he's he's got all these names now, and he's he's probably the biggest rushing uh, quarterback, rushing uh, touchdown guy in the red zone as far as his, his his body size and the way he runs the ball. And let's not forget, he finished as as a top ten quarterback week one and week two last year before he got hurt. Um, and he came out and said he got the COVID last year and he never felt the same afterwards. He's back to 100% now. Um, the Patriots saw something enough in him to, to, to go ahead and re-sign him. Um, there was no reason for them to do so if they knew they were going to target a, a quarterback in the draft. I think Cam Newton's going to be a top 15 quarterback this year. All right. I'm going to be a little homer on this one here. Chris Carson will finish as, as a top 12 running back, so an RB1 in your 12-man leagues. He will finish inside the top 12. Okay. All right, here's another spicy one for you. Um, this one may be as bullish as the last one. Austin Hooper will finish as a top five tight end this year. Uh, Baker Mayfield came out and looked like that guy last year. Hooper couldn't stay healthy. There was still a lot of Njoku. Njoku once out of Cleveland. Hooper, was they, they signed him to a big contract for a reason. I think Baker looks for him in the red zone a lot this year. I think Hooper's got a really good chance to be a top 10 for sure this year. But I really think that it, with the, the, the right amount of touchdowns and the right situations, and you could see Hooper finishes a top five tight end. All right. One, one, my second to last one. The Jacksonville Jaguars will have two top 20 running backs this year. I think if they're going to use ETN and let him flash out and everything else, I think they finish with two top 20 running backs this year. That's that's really interesting because my last one, I almost wrote it down yesterday, but I hadn't, um, is that Travis ETN will be a five and five guy this year. He will have five rushing touchdowns, five receiving touchdowns, and with PPR stats, he will be a top 15 running back this year. Okay. All right. I'm going to write that one down yeah. just to make sure we got it. All right. So my last one here. This one is this one's a little near and dear to me. Devonta Smith will finish as a wide receiver one in fantasy. 
a top 10 wide receiver this year, Devontae Smith will finish. That's my that's my final one. I think that he's going to just be a target monster there. So I think he has everything in his arsenal right now to be a, a wide receiver one coming out of the gate. Okay. I mean, yeah, there's some bullish takes there. Um, and there's a high possibility of some big shots being taken on this podcast. Um, what, are we, what, are we, what are we establishing on a, enough games? Because Carson, that one scares me a little bit because he's – Oh, he seems to get hurt. I mean, say it now. Put it out there. What do you think? I mean, if he plays more than well, we got three quarters games. of the season. Yeah, I would say 13. Because let's be honest, no running back plays 17 games or 16. 14 or above? 14 or above. Okay. We'll let uh, you out of it for if he plays less than 14. Um, but, again, th- we are the type of podcast. We're going to hold ourselves accountable. We give you guys bad information. We're not going to be the ones to say, ah, that's just fantasy. That's how it works sometimes. We're going to put out information that we fully believe in, that we fully think is possible, that you guys can go bank on. And if we're wrong, we'll punish ourselves for it. Absolutely. And mind you, these these takes right here, these are our spicy takes. These are the ones that we believe in, that we believe will happen this year. So, I mean, make sure you guys go I don't out. know if I believe they will happen, all of mine. I believe they could happen. Yes. Okay, yeah, they could. So make sure you guys are going out and looking into it a little bit, too, before you say, oh, these guys are just absolutely crazy. Make sure you guys look at it before you go out and go, oh, well, he said, you know, Devonta Smith's going to be wide receiver one. Make sure you believe that, too, before you go out drafting him so high in the draft. Yeah, and and we'll definitely come back and revisit these spicy takes a little bit once we do our player projections. We're going to start working on those here in the next couple of weeks. Uh, and, and once we get those, we'll start getting through those. Once we get them all the way done, we'll come back and revisit our spicy takes and see how crazy we think we are we, we are ourselves after we do our rankings and our projections. Um, we're we're going to have to do a little bit of talking uh, the rest of this week. We'll, we'll come up with something fresh next week. I can't tell you guys exactly what it's going to be right now. We'll come up with something. Um, so be, be ready for another episode next week. Uh, and as always, stay hungry. And stay fat, my friends.